thank you for tuning into another episode of the most entertaining podcast of all time. And thank you to all my fans, supporters, and listeners around the world. Whether you're from a small town in Utah, to Los Angeles, to Sweden, to Finland, to Russia. Thank you. Because with your support, we have become one of the most top rated podcasts on Spotify in 2021. So thank you all for all your contribution and listening to this podcast. And I also got to mention one thing, just just one thing. If you want to donate or contribute to this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash the Prince of Fresh Air, which is in the links and it's my main platform. And you can go to listener support and you could donate anywhere from 50 cents to 10 grand. I'm not, I'm not judging, but thank you guys for an amazing year, two years into this. And it's all because of you. So thank you. And let's get right back to the action, shall we? Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed on the view podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment. And that's right. We are back for another episode. This another Jubilee veteran. I gotta say, it's an honor to have him. Uh, he's a YouTube content creator, former Scientologist, and soon-to-be college professor, and ex-online worker. Let's introduce my man Lawrence. How you doing, man? Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. I, I, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's it's sociologist though, Scientologist. I think uh, Scientology is a religion. I, th- I, think. <laughs> I messed it up on purpose. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a hiccup. Hey, yeah, we, we yeah, good though. Yeah, you gotta keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, got you. Oh man, so. Um, like, like I said, you know, uh, I introduced you, I mentioned Jubilee veteran because you're another one who's on Jubilee too. And, uh, you know, we recently did one together. Um, they changed the title. It was called do all black men think the same, but then yeah. what is it now? Do are all black men sexualized? Oh, over-sexualized. Yeah. Over-sexualized. Black, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So, you know, like, I, um, I had everyone, like I told you, I had them on last weekend. We was talking about a little bit, but I want to get your perspective too. Um, when the video first came out, what what did you think about it? I thought it was cool. Um, I thought it's hard, you know, especially like being a video editor. I know it's hard hard to get like the small moments, you know, like the little chit chat moments where I thought I thought were really good, but you can't have you know a bunch of them in a long video like that. It'll be, you know, what I'm saying video gonna be an hour, <laughs> and then <laughs> that, that takes down the watch time. So it was cool. Um, I wish some things would have been in it that they kind of left out like some questions, but I feel like for the most part, they got, they got the good, you know what I'm saying? They got the meat of it. Right. Right. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest things too, was um, like uh, as an actor and someone who does content creating too, is like, uh, I see the other side of it. I know how the industry is and I see how they, you know, there's certain, they have a, a, a mindset and agenda that they're trying to push a little bit. So I wasn't too surprised because uh, I've done videos with them before. And um, it's right, always right. like, what the hell? Like, this didn't make the cut. You know, people were not going to understand this talking point more because they didn't get the question beforehand. It, you're never going to be satisfied. But um, exactly. what what did you think, though? Like, I mean, the reaction was uh, it was it was talked about for weeks after it came out. Like, what did you think about the reaction? Yeah, I mean, it was talked about for weeks. And then, like, initially, it's that first drop. 
that's like ah, oh, like it has the buzz and then after it's when it goes to different platforms that's when people really start talking about it like it's on you know jubilee has a tiktok facebook you know instagram and when it reaches those that's when i see more people like sharing it and talking about it so uh i, I didn't really say nothing too crazy so <laughs> you know they just people just didn't really talk about me but i know they was cooking avery for a little bit so. <laughs> <laughs> it was on that man. I was like, "Yo, relax." <laughs> yes, hey, some of them was coming after you too. Yeah, I know, bro. Yeah, I, for the colorism comment, yo. But you know, it's crazy because even still to this day, I'm surprised. But um, it's honestly, I've I've gotten more love than I did hate. I and I'm surprised because yeah, when, when we was when we was on set, I was joking about some of the answers that I was saying. I was like, yeah, "I'm going to get brutalized in these comments." <laughs> And turned around, Avery got brutal. Yeah, they cooked him. I was like, yo. It was, I think it was more negative comments I've seen about Avery than about two. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It, I mean, but it is, but you know what though? It um, and we talked about this. It wasn't even for the podcast, but we talked in general about it. It's one of those things where you have to risk when you speak like that and you speak your opinion, you know, you risk being judged. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. Um, you know, some of the other videos I see them do, like people be politically correct. They don't, they want to toe the line and it's like, that. that's boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, people want to see your opinion. You be honest. Yeah, for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just saying what everybody wants you to say, like a politician rather than giving your authentic opinion. And it's not, it's not as fun. Right. Right. Um, so let, let me ask you, um, some of the questions that they talked about, uh, was mm -hmm. very talked about a lot of people had different opinions on it uh was there any question um that you know when you look back at the video you would have answered differently or you feel like you needed to clarify a little more um not really no i'm pretty like for me i'm pretty content with my answers with what i said and what i gave um i feel like people didn't really understand people didn't really understand what i was saying about like uh, you know, like black men that exclusively date white women, like they didn't they didn't understand what I was saying. But I, 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 it was cool. Like I feel like overall I was understood, and I'm pretty sure we know what I was talking about. Like, you know, it's not a far fetched idea that sometimes these guys are different. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean, you know what though, and it, and it brings up a good point because I I was um that was one of the questions that people talked about was the pro black being pro-black and dating outside your race that's exactly. i mean i still get people hit me up about it now uh i'm i know you talked about it but do you think that you could be pro-black and still date outside your race yeah i mean I, just because i don't feel like being pro-black is something that you have to be um i don't know married to a black person to do i feel like demographics you know like i said in the video demographics matter like obviously, if you in a a place with like one percent black folks, like Des Moines, Iowa, or uh, you know Boise or something, like obviously, you know your, your picking's gonna be slim. And if you don't like what's presented to you, obviously you're gonna have to go somewhere else. So um, you can still you can still be pro black. I mean, you know, it, it's all circumstantial. You can't be pro black talking about you know black women are all loud and I don't like like obviously not, but you know, just marrying somebody is fine. Right, right. And, you know, it's uh, like I said, I it's really up to the person. I, I think you can date whoever you want. Just don't be starting that. Uh, oh, you know, black people act like this. And that's yeah. what I associate. 
when you start doing that, it's like, all right, bro, you, you <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, let, let's let's get off the jubilee because I, I want people to know you too. Um, you know, behind that uh, series, so you know, tell me a little bit about your background and stuff like that, like you know, uh, how you grew up, how you got into content creating and stuff like that. Okay, uh, well, I, I I grew up real like uh, broke, like. I grew up on the west side of San Bernardino. I don't know if you know where that is, but it's uh, not a very good place. <laughs> is that California? Yeah. San Bernardino, uh, okay. California. It's like an hour and a half outside of L.A. Oh, okay. I have heard of it, but I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. So I grew up on, a, on the west side of there, but, you know, it's just, we was broke, bouncing from place to place. So I started content creating for other people, like so I could, you know, I'll record them, uh, edit it, and then send it back to them and they pay me. So I'd be like, all right, cool. Like it's a little side hustle, you know, if I need some extra money or whatnot, but it eventually turned into me making my own videos. Cause you know, I had thoughts and opinions and, and things that I wanted to share with people. So that's where I'm more so now. Um, I still edit videos for people, still shoot them for people, but more so now I, I make them because I want to. And with my background in sociology, it's like, it has, a, it has an actual premise rather than just I'm saying another guy on YouTube talking. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's and that, that's what's important when you do content creating, right? Is because you want to make content that's personal to you, but that other people can learn and grow from. That's what exactly. I, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about joking and having fun, but it's also about teaching people. Now, your your um your YouTube channel, Larry Chats, um, what is that about? Because I know some people may not know about it. Like, what do you do with your YouTube channel? What's the purpose? So it's social and political commentary. I've, I've talked about things from like everything from colorism to, you know, body, uh, body image to like, uh, what, what is that? Uh, body positivity uh, to like the creation of race, like literally everything. And I talk about it, um, given like empirical evidence from sociologists all over the world. So basically it's just social and political commentary, like little bits and pieces of what happens. I'll talk about it, comments on it, and then get dialogue started in the comments. Oh, I, I love that. I love stuff like that because I think it's, uh, especially now, um, on the heels of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, you know, a bunch of people uh, being murdered and stuff, I think it's very important, which leads me to my first hot topic question for you. Um, you know, <laughs> even now, even on the heels of 2020, there's still a lot of uh, social and racial injustice going on. And as a black man, um, like you said, you grew up, you know, rough and you understand, you know, for some people, you know, growing up in the projects and the hood like myself, there's a, a certain stigma that comes with it. You know, what, what do you think about the, the social injustice going on, the racial injustice, Black Lives Matter? Uh, what do you think about the current climate that we're in right now? Uh, it depends on like, like, who it depends on what what we're talking about with like with regard to like the current climate because it's a lot of folks that's just you know operating you know life as usual because it's every day for us <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's regular like but it's it's a lot of folks that's like um I, matter of fact i got a, a friend he's white he didn't he didn't he knew about like injustice and like racism and shit but you know he thinks that's in the 50s and when all this stuff like last year started happening, like 2020, the protests and the like 
you know, every Instagram had stats of like police brutality. He was like, this is, this is like a real problem. This is crazy. So it's a lot of people eyes being open, which is cool. Um, but if it don't turn into action, it's just talking, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's, we in a decent place to learn. Um, hopefully it can lead to some action later on, but for now, I guess we're just going to talk. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I was critical. I was critical. Even last year, I was critical about everything because I knew my, my, my thing is I, I support the movement and all that, but it doesn't do us justice when we only talk about it when a moment happens, like George Floyd happened, you know, it was, uh, you know, unrest for the summer and then it, it stopped and then Breonna Taylor. And then, you know, I, I say a month or two after we haven't heard, we haven't had a protest or any type of demand yet, you know, since then. So I think, although I do support the protests and all that stuff, I think, we have to continue having these conversations because we can't just wait for another black man or black woman to get killed, start uprising. And then right. as soon as the media stops, you know, filming, you know, right. we just go about our day. Yeah. Yeah. On and, to the next little, you know, on to the next new topic. <laughs> right. Now, let, let me ask you what, when we, as we talking about this, you know, as a black man, you know, content creating, um, in the job force, do you ever feel like you're judged because of your skin color or people have a certain idea about you because you're black? Hell yeah. There's a lot of times I'm in spaces where like, um, like especially now, like in the world of academia, especially in sociology or any, so, any science, everybody's white. And I've, I've been to like conferences and uh, just, just, places that I wouldn't normally be just, you know, walking through everyday life. And yeah, people make me very aware that I'm black. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It will be doing something festive. And then they'd be like, you know, like a perfect example. We're at, we're at a, I was at a conference, sociology, uh, sociology conference and, you know, music was playing. Everybody was having a good time. was going table to table talking. And the DJ started playing, uh, <laughs> what was it? It was like a old, uh, crank that by soldier. Boy. <laughs> Everybody in the entire <laughs> conference turned around and looked at me. Was like, "Yeah, do it!" Like, I, I was like, "Yo, hey, yeah." So it's, it's like moments like that where I, I know, like, I'm okay. Yeah, like, you know, Jeez. I'm black, but uh, I don't. I wouldn't say judge necessarily. I feel like I feel like that just depends on a person. Like women, for sure, especially black women. You know, I've heard a lot like. Um, like black men with degree black just generally black men are xyz from like black women but if you have like a degree then they're like oh do you like white women you know you 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 know you don't love yourself like that those presumptions come but that's only from broken people usually so <laughs> usually, <laughs> yeah but most of the time i wouldn't say i feel judged i just say I, i'm definitely aware that i'm black Right. And, uh, you know, I'll, I asked you that because, um, you know, when I was talking in Jubilee video, one of the things I mentioned was how growing up, I was told I wasn't black enough. And, oh, you, oh, you black, you black. Why you don't act like it? You know, uh, that was yeah. the. do you get that because of your, your, your oh, education? Sure. Yeah. 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 How, how I talk. There's been people that oh you like people that said I talk white. There's been people that say, like, because I have a because uh, I have degrees, they, you know, make assumptions about me like you know like like white women i've had people call me like oh you're you're like a white black black boy like you know some of the goofiest shit i ever heard so 
Yeah, that's that's definitely it. That just comes with with the territory, I guess. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean that's the territory of success because if somebody's telling you that you talk white or you act white because it's different from how they act and you're in a decent place, that means that they hold white people to a higher regard than they hold black folks. Right. So and, I mean that's that's their problem. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not nothing nothing we can do to change it. Right. But you know what, man? It's it's sad because I remember I, I was interviewing a teacher uh, from uh, New York City and um, we was talking about that, about how a lot of black kids grow up and they, they have trouble fitting in. And one of the things that, you know, they, they do to seek attention is, you know, they get involved with criminal activity and stuff like that. And, you know, because they feel empowered by it. And that's why a lot of I feel like a lot of um, black kids, especially in the hood and the projects go that way. Because looking at, you know, how I grew up, I was always into books, chess, uh, playing in tournaments, but I was never in the streets like that. I wasn't, you know, out at night shooting dice or anything. And I think that's why I got criticized so much because, like, for me growing up, being Black was gangbanging, you know, you and 10 dudes robbing somebody, you know, shooting up the block. You know, that was considered Black. And um, I think it does us... um, a disservice, especially as a community, because we've seen the now in hip hop and rap music and everything now, where it's like, oh, you know, every time you turn around, a black dude is shooting each other. You know what I'm saying? But we're not praising the, the people, you know, with education who's doing good for the communities out here, you know, building schools for black kids like LeBron is. You know, we talk more about, you know, the, the Kashi Six Nines of the world and we care more about the, the, you know, money and fame than we do about education. And I think I think it's we as a society, especially as we move out the pandemic, need to put more emphasis on education opposed to, right. oh, you're going to become the next LeBron James or you're going to be the next big Tupac. Or I think we need to do more with educating the youth opposed to, you know, oh, you got to get that quick money fast or, you know, you got to, you know, do your side hustle, even though we know what they mean by side hustle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, it, no, no, that's facts. And I feel like with people like because i guess i was a little bit of the same but not really because i was still out there you know cutting up and shit um being bad but i feel like that's definitely true what that what that person told you because that's how it was for me shit when i was bored when i just felt like you know nobody like i'm just coasting through life or something nobody really (laughs) nobody really take you serious so you you know throw a brick through a window or like until you do something bad so it, de- it definitely did empower me. But I feel like if you're young and you find something else that empowers you before you start, you know what I'm saying, acting up, then you you will be fine. If if That's why people in sports excel, usually, if they come from, like, if they poor and black, because that's one thing that you can focus on, that you can excel at, that you can always progress in, and it empowers you. Unlike right. criminal activity, you get attention from that and you love it. So... I, I mean, I would definitely agree. We should like focus more on education and people like in those fields. But I think we should too push people to find out what drives them. Like, do you like sports? Do you like chess? Do you like music? Like finding out that early is something I don't really feel like black people have a lot of, you know, especially with 40% of us growing up in poverty. Like it's not something we have a lot of leeway to do. Like, let me find out what I like. Like, it's usually like, all right, we got to make this money. We got to, you know, we got to keep the lights on, you know, it's more hustle and bustle. Right. And uh, you know what, man, it's, 
it's you see it nowadays you see a little more it's still not emphasized but you've seen a, a lot more <clears throat> people like j cole and a bunch of other people talking about getting a college degree having uh, something to fall back on because the reality of the situation is and i talk to a lot of black people about this all the time we don't grow up learning you know about credit cards and credit scores i was just having a conversation with my little brother about that where it's like you know, you have to have a credit score, you know, to in order to get certain things in life, you have to have a credit card in order to boost that, you know, credit score, how it all works and ties together. So <clears throat> when I mean by education, I don't mean, you know, just, you know, studying uh, a specific, you know, uh, course of study. I mean, you know, just learning the basics of things because, you know, a lot of black people don't know how to handle money. You know, people right. on Instagram, you know, flashing cars and money don't have a bank account. You know what I'm saying? So, and, or they don't have a credit score. So when they're 50 years old and you want to buy a house, they're going to turn you down. So I think, exactly. You, you get what I'm saying? Um, I, I think that's why for me, it's so important for education because I was able to, as a kid, even despite the circumstances I went through, I was able to go to school with less student loans than most people. I was able to get opportunities because I had an education. Whereas a lot of times in the hood, I'm sure you can relate. They don't care about education. They care about, you know, about education. you know, they, they, they only care about what you're doing on the block. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, you know, as you talk about the job force and all that stuff, I we was talking a little bit about this. Uh, you was a flight attendant. You yeah. Know? How, how was that? Because I know throughout the pandemic, you see reports of people, uh, flight attendants getting punched in the face and all that stuff. Has, was it crazy? It actually happened to my coworker. Some, oh, uh, she, got, she got punched in the face on the same flight that I was. It was two of us. Um, and she was in the she was in the front. I was in the back. Um, and she told a lady, first class, she was like, oh, you know, I need you to put your mask up three times. And then the lady, she said, no. And then she said, ma'am, I just need your mask up. And she, she didn't, like, punch her, but she, like, you know how you mush somebody? Like, you uh, grab their face and you just, <laughs> she mushed her. She got, she got taken off the plane, fined, uh, I think it was $25,000, and she got put on a no-fly list because she mushed a flight attendant. Like, off yeah, of what, it, a freaking face mask? Off a face, off a uh, half an inch piece of cloth went over your nose, like. <laughs> this is crazy man it, it, yo, it, it's mind-blowing how many i because I, I was at work the other day and i was just reading horror stories about uh, uh um flight attendants and tsa in general and they was talking about how they were boosting the uh fines up because there's so many people um not obliging by the face mask, which is weird because like when you book your ticket you see it you know i've been right. flying throughout yeah. the pandemic face masks at all times unless you're eating or drinking and it mind blows me how many people go on these planes, act like they're above everybody, and then get mad when they get fined, you know, you know, thirty thousand dollars, and then they can't fly no more. It's like, come on, man, it's a, it's a face yeah, mask. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what did you enjoy? Uh, enjoy your time as an airline or uh, airline worker, or any secrets you can let you know? Buyers <laughs> know, you know what I'm saying? The secret, uh, a secret that I would definitely say is skip lagged. It's like a website, so that that books your flights for you. If you're like, oh, I want to go <clears throat> from LA to Dallas, it'll get you a flight like from LA to Chicago. But the it, it connects in Dallas, so it's cheaper than just a straight flight to Dallas. So skip lag is a yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good resource. But as far as tips, that's really the only one I have. Um, 
yeah, when you get on a plane, probably go to sleep. That's your best bet. <laughs> like, go to sleep. Don't, you know, because if you, we could really pull anybody off for any reason. Like, if they're messing with us or whatever, like, if we're not in the air, we can kick you off. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's that's it for tips. Honestly, I, I really didn't, I really didn't enjoy it. Like, it, it's cool going to new places, seeing new places. That's real fun. I loved it. But being from home five days, being away from home five days out the week, not knowing your schedule, it's just a lot stacked on each other. That's like, all right, I'm, I'm not really feeling this no more. Yeah. <laughs> if you're based in a different state, every day you work, you have to fly. Like I, for a while, I was in Denver and I had to fly to Denver to start work. So if I was off, uh, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I would get home on Monday or maybe Sunday night. I'll get home, hang out for a little bit. And then that my last day off, I would use flying to Denver so I could be ready for work the next day. Damn. So it really was, I was like, all right, like <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> solid. Even if, even if I was at home, I still got to be gone all the time. I'm cool. Like I'm, I'm not really with it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I have a gripe though, with, with y'all, with y'all uh, flight attendants. You know why? Cause it almost happened to me last year. I, I, I had my flight book show up and I'm sitting there waiting for the plane, you know what I'm saying? Getting ready to board. And then all of a sudden they make an announcement. Uh, you know, we need some volunteers for some flight attendants to go to the destination. So we got to pull a few people. What the hell is that? Wait, what? Yeah. So I, apparently, I don't know if this is a rule or not. Uh, but so let's say JetBlue, because I fly JetBlue. So let's okay. say they, they're overbooked, right? But they have two or three flight attendants that need to go to New York because that's usually where I fly to. If there's no seats available, they have to pull people off to get those flight attendants on there. Oh, I've never seen that before. Oh, really? I work, yeah, I work, I work for United, and I've never seen people get pulled. Like, if we had a spot, if because it's, it's free for us. So if we had a spot and we we're like, okay, yeah, I want to take this flight, this, this place. If the flight was full, and people have paid for their tickets, we can't get on. Like, we just missed the flight and wait for the next one. But it, they would never be like, somebody got to get off because ours is free. Why would they replace somebody that paid and give them a refund with somebody whose flight is free? That's crazy. Yeah, I never heard of that. They yeah, never I, took somebody off. I, I, thought, I thought it was a joke, but I actually read about it. Like, that's a policy. And I witnessed it uh -oh. firsthand. It's like, that's a thing, man? Like, that's crazy. You know, I never heard of that. And you know, I have another gripe too, man. Every time I want an extra soda or chip, I can't get one. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that second walkthrough not happening. Like, nah, dog. <laughs> man, one of one of my coworkers one time, she was uh, she was fed up with one pass, and she kept calling it. She was like, "Can I get another water?" She said, "No, drink your spit. <laughs> We're almost at the destination." I was like, damn, drink your spit. <laughs> that's a, that's vicious. Yeah, yeah, that second walk is it's a lot. Damn. Uh, if I give you one, I'm not gonna give everybody one. Exactly, because you know everybody, you know, these exactly. oh, oh, by the way, can I no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, nah, that's hilarious. Um, is there I'm curious, is there any misconceptions that people have about flight attendants? Like, you know, people think that um, it's mostly women, you know, all the men are gay if they are flight attendants, the money oh, yeah. suck, um, you know, 
uh, sexual harassment happens all the time with passengers and, and stuff like that. Like, is there any misconceptions or, or anything that you found interesting as a flight attendant? I wouldn't say misconception because everything you said, that's what people think. And for the most part, it's true. Like I did, I did, I swear I did not know that men and men that were flight attendants, it was like a predominantly gay like industry. I've seen soul playing, but I thought that was just like, I was like, oh, that's just funny. Like it's just comedy. They made him gay because it's funny. Right. Uh, and he was funny, like fucking hilarious. But yeah, I didn't know. And then <laughs> at the training, I have like a hundred people like, oh, are, like, are you straight? I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, I, yeah, I am. And that was a surprise because uh, I think it was 15 guys uh, in my in my training class. It was 15 guys and like 50 girls. And I think it was me and one other guy were the only ones that were straight, like of the guys. I was like, oh, this is a real, this is like real. Right. Like, so that that's not necessarily a misconception. That's pretty accurate. Um, More women for you both. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Not the ones we had, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's usually like it's it's a lot of older folks too. So that's you know they retire, so they like all right, let me be a flight, let me travel. Um, it's a lot of older folk. Women definitely get sexually harassed all the time. I'm not surprised. I'm yeah, not I had surprised. to do like I remember I had to do it's during the summer. I had to do one report every month of or um, every month every week of sexual harassment. Like this person, this person was groped. This person was talked to crazy. This person, yeah, always happens on flights. I don't know why, but people just feel emboldened. Yeah, they get a couple beers in and think, you know, they're Superman. <laughs> you know what? Anything goes. <laughs> I pay for the flight. Anything goes on this flight. Like, uh, that's not the case. Right. <laughs> people, you can't make this stuff up. Um, so I, I, I'm curious, you know, because I, I think it's uh, one of those things uh, I, I talk to a lot of people, especially who content create uh, okay. is always an important, you know, discussion that you have to have with yourself. Sometimes do you, you know, although you do want to become a professor, do you find it hard or, uh, or you find that sometimes balancing the life of a content creator and the work life to be um, brutal for you? Uh, I would, well, yeah, I wouldn't say brutal though, because you know, work is only Monday through Friday now. Work is only Monday through Friday. So Saturdays, Sundays, like you know, I can get something in, maybe shoot a couple of videos, edit them throughout the week. You know, um, I wouldn't say brutal. Definitely tiring. Like it's it's a lot to have to plan for, to have to script out, edit, shoot, you know. But for the most part, I can say I genuinely like it. Like I like editing videos i like making them you know what i'm saying i like the final product so not brutal just it, it will demand some time though as i'm sure you know like yeah. it demands time it demands money sometimes so yeah it's it's here or there it's here or there on any given week yeah i it's a lot of people think that you know doing youtube or even this podcast is just easy you know you sit down record a video and that's it yeah it's like, <laughs> no, nah, you know, that's just the, that's the easy part. You know, the, yeah. the, the hard work comes from editing, finding the right clips that you want to use, you know, the, the even just the picture, the thumbnail that you want to use. Sometimes yeah. that takes a lot of work. And I know for me, it's like I do this podcast and then sometimes I'll post it on YouTube. So I have to go through, 
edit the video and then find a thumbnail and then it, it's it's very time consuming. It could take me up to two, three, four hours to edit one Facts. episode. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Facts, yeah. And I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of people, especially employers, uh, they don't understand that other, you know, people like us, we have lives outside of work, and so, you know, content creating, like you said, it takes a lot of time. You know, when you was a flight attendant, um, did you ever feel like you had to give up content creating at some point just to focus on that? Or did that help you throughout your, your journey as a flight attendant? Yeah, uh, it's a lot of pressure because, so as flight attendants, we only get paid per flight hour. So I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, so driving to the actual airport, nothing. Being at the air- airport, nothing. Waiting, nothing. It's no money until the door closes. That's when we start getting paid, so like with that it's like man at at certain points it is it is important to have a balance because it could be like damn I, I i've been running around all week i haven't even shot a video you know what i'm saying and, and, and they can get choppy and dicey that way but it just really depends on how you know how bad you how bad you want it i guess how bad you you want to be consistent because i i, I see the you know the growth with my channel and i'm like i can't if I start playing around now, you know, it's going to start losing. I'm going to start losing people. And, you know, so it really just, it really just depends on you, but it is, it is taxing. I'm not going to lie. It is taxing with any job, especially one where you always gone. Right. Is your, is your plan to at some point fully transition to content creating, or it's just going to be something that you do outside of your actual nine to five? I would like to, do it in addition because being a a, a college professor is, is like my dream like i, I love teaching so I, I would love to do it in addition to that that'd be great um but if something crazy happened and i you know couldn't go to grad school or whatever then i would be i would be content only doing content creation because i know how much work goes into it okay yeah so that's going to lead me to my next because I, I do want to talk about you you know your ultimate goal is to be a, mm-hmm. a college professor um I'm curious because I see this happen all the time, especially with people already in the in the field of study that they're in. You know, let's say, you know, two years from now, you know, you're making good money off of YouTube, you know, your content is blowing up. Would you would you consider putting your, your plans to be a college professor on hold to focus on that? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if anything, I would do I would do them both because I know like I would just have to find out like what time works for what and then make plan my classes around the uh the YouTube scheduling. But yeah, no, nah, I can't see myself just abandoning it, you know, for any reason. You know what? That's smart because I I think it's I think it's good to get both sides because normally uh a lot of people when they things start going well, you know, they quit their full-time job or whatever to focus on that. And don't get me wrong, the money's good, but it's only a certain amount of time that you can make money off of YouTube and stuff. Because you see yeah. a lot of these big channels from like when we were in high school and college, they don't really make that much money no more because people yeah. moved on, you know, they kind of faded out and you got the new uh, channels doing bigger and better things. So I think that's a smart play. And um, I feel like that, that for, depending on the type of channel you got, you know what I'm saying? Not all of them are going to give you longevity. Like not all channels are gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like the reaction videos and 
you know, um, like the little funny videos now are cool now, but I don't think that's like a long term. That's what you're about to stay on. Who about to stand on type thing? Yeah, I, I think the only channels I don't follow a lot of channels, but I know one channel I do follow, Mr. Beast. I I could see him lasting for a long time because I mean his content is just dedicated to money, and people okay. love free money and opportunity yeah, to course. get free money. Yeah. So, um, you know. I mean, I'm curious with your kind of videos, because you do talk about a lot of, I want to say controversial, because you're probably not doing it in a controversial way, but they're still controversial course, in our yeah, society. Nature. Do, do you ever get flagged by YouTube or people trying to, you know, report your videos and stuff like that? Nah, nah I've never been reported or flagged, but I mean, besides the usual, like, I remember I used a, a J. Cole snippet in one of my videos and they were like you can't use it like it took the monetization off i was like oh my god <laughs> but you know mainly not because i don't i don't say anything reckless like i'm not <laughs> not out here you know talking crazy but yeah no nothing has been flagged even though i'm sure some people wanted some videos that i made to be flagged now nothing's nothing's been too crazy to where it's gotten taken off youtube Ah, uh, well you want the lucky ones <laughs> i guess so I, I, been, hear, I hear horror stories all the time uh someone tried to report me it was um uh what was it i think it was the Heru styles video i did some uh it wasn't a reaction it was more so talking about oh no it was the bill burr monologue that he did for snl he was he made a joke about white people and whatever and i did a that was i think that's my highest view video on my channel and people Thumbs the down was trying to get it uh, taken off of YouTube just because they didn't like the way how I was joking around and agreeing Yo. with him. They thought it was too offensive. That's <laughs> that's crazy. You know what though? Like like I said, when you when you become when you're your authentic self and you put yourself out in the public eye, you have to be ready to to receive hate and love. Oh yeah, and, you're gonna get I, some scrutiny. Right. And I think um, a lot of people, content creators too, I think, um, and you know, this is another question I ask you, a lot of content creators, they get so used to maybe the the love that they get from the family and their friends, then when you actually enter the other side, you know, YouTube or whatever platform you're using, you get people who hate your videos, they don't like it, you know, they always complain, you know, leave crazy comments because YouTube, so people do it all the time. Uh, it gets very discouraging. Um, have you ever felt discouraged as a content creator that maybe you need to take a break, a mental reset, or maybe, you know, it's time to put this on pause for a little bit? Yeah, uh, especially when I first made my channel, I was like, man, like I would make videos and I post them. I'm like, man, who, who's even watching this? Like who even, who, who even cares? Like I don't even know if anybody's interested. Um, but at a certain point, you got to decide whether you're doing it for like the attention or popularity of people, or if you're doing it for you and making these videos is something that I appreciated and, you know, something that topics and opinions that I wanted to share. So I don't give a damn who watches it. <laughs> but <laughs> the important is that I do it and put it out there for myself. And that's the bottom line. Cause Lauren says so. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 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 now our you know so um you mentioned that your, your overall dream is to be a college professor um right. what 
when at, at what point in your life did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? I, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to learn my passion early, like kind of what I was talking about earlier. If, if you, you know, like if kids find out what drives them, then they can focus on that rather than, uh, you know, anything else. So relatively early, I learned, like, I was like, okay, I was 19 when I took my first uh, job being a kind of a teacher, but a teacher for a after school program for a nonprofit. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I really like this. And then I took another teaching job that was actually a teacher, like as a substitute. I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. You know, so I, I was fortunate enough to find that super, super early, like 18, 19, and be able to focus on that throughout, you know, just the duration of my life. But uh, I was one of the lucky ones. I feel like people don't really understand what they want to do, what they like until a little bit later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they've actually tried a bunch of different things and like, okay, I really like this, you know? So early for me, but normally I think maybe like, what do you think, like 26? That's when people start figuring it out. <laughs> that's being generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's different <laughs> for everybody, but I feel, I mean, maybe I, that's average. I don't know. Hey, I mean, I don't mind being 35 sleeping on my mom's couch. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got their own thing, you know, exactly. different, folks, different folks. Hey, exactly. The unemployment, hey, man, you know, it was paying good for a while, so I, I can't blame man, people. That's what everybody was telling me last year. They was going crazy with the unemployment. Oh, you oh, you was working on last year? Working, yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> why am I here? Like, <laughs> they having a great time. I'm telling you, you missed out on a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I know. You And you know what is crazy? Um, I'm, I'm kind of some parts of it I miss because of the freedom of not having a clock in and clock out. But I think for a lot of people, it, they made more money off unemployment than they did at the regular job. So, yeah. And I feel like if that was the case, that is absolutely criminal. Like you telling me you devoting you devoting 40 hours of your life to a job and you can't afford to pay your rent. That's crazy. That should not be legal. Like what's going on? Uh, you know what, man? It's it's not surprising. I mean, for me, I didn't complain because I I live a life where my my passion is acting. So I don't slave five uh, five days a week. I do okay. three or four, maybe if I if I want to do it. But mm -hmm. um, I know for a lot of people, yeah, they work day in and day out. You know, if you work in the restaurant industry, that's one of the biggest ones because I worked at uh, Dave's Hot Chicken up in North Hollywood, and it was fun. But for people who are like 45, 50 years old, you know, that, that's not really good money right there. So, I mean, yeah. to go from making, you know, $1,500 a month to over $4,000. Four, that's know, how much they was ragging them out? Uh, let, me, let me tell you. Let me give you a little secret. I hope, <laughs> hopefully the FBI ain't listening. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I would say at the height when they was doing the $600 a week, I think I was pulling in around 4500 a, a month. Yo, I would have went stupid. Yo, and, and the crazy part is if you got the highest, uh, I think the highest in California is 450 just from unemployment. So with the extra 600, that's you looking at five grand a month just doing nothing. So, you know, Yo, that's man, why everybody yeah, was buying Gucci bags. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, that's why the prices went up. They said, no, nah, y'all got it. 
Y'all got it. Y'all got that five dollars in gas. Y'all got it. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Done now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that lifestyle was short lived. It was good, but short lived. Crazy. <laughs> oh Back man. Um. So, um, you know, at, all jokes aside, you know, being college professor, um, is there any school or I know you talked about doing sociology. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any school or a direction that you plan on going in the future? Like, where do you see yourself at in five years? I want to start in, I want to start at like JC, um, you know, like two year, maybe, maybe private college level. No, nah, I'll take that back. I, I want to start at JC's and then kind of uh, move then to universities. I'm not necessarily married to the idea of staying in California either. I wouldn't mind going to another state. But yeah, I mean, ne- not necessarily a specific school. I just know how I want to progress. Like I want to start because I, I went two year, four year, and now grad school. So I, I want to kind of do the same thing with with the teaching career, like start at a two year, be there for maybe like three, four years, then go to a, a four year college, you know what I'm saying? And then eventually, you know, work my way up. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any specific place that I would like to be at. I just know I want to teach. So I know we talked about that. I, I kind of asked you, but what made you decide to go into teaching and being a professor? Because I know for a lot of people, uh, teachers and professors I've talked to all the time, the money isn't the greatest. Unless you, you know, you go to, you're a professor at USC and you work in a music center. So right, then, right. you know, that's good money. Um, so obviously for some people, it's not the money per se that makes them do it, but what made you, uh, go in that direction? Cause a lot of people don't think about becoming teachers and professors, you know, growing up. Yeah, no, I, I so <clears throat> that's absolute facts. I, if I wanted more, like if money was the only objective, I think I would be, you know, I would be somewhere doing like, I don't know, maybe like something with code or tech or something. Cause that's, that's the easiest hundred thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Four years, hundred thousand. Cool. Like guaranteed, especially now. Um, but yeah, if teacher, that's if teaching wasn't my passion and that's really the main thing that is, is my driver for obtaining my like degrees and, and want to take this path is because I want to do something that I'll enjoy doing, you know, in 20 years from now not something that's like, it is good money, but I, it's boring or I, I don't enjoy it or anything like that. So that's really the only driver. Also, I, I like to help people understand the world around them. So, you know, doing that, you know, kind of gives me like a sense of gratefulness for myself. And it, it makes me feel good because I'm helping somebody else too. So those things combined are like, all right, I'm gonna be a professor. But I just wanted a bag. <laughs> I'll be in tech, easy, that's the easiest. <laughs> Easiest direction. I yo man, my 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 buddy sister, like straight out of college, she graduated last year. And I swear to God, I've I think she was pulling a hundred K her first job. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, if you work in tech, that's it's easy, easy to do that. Easy money. Good. I'm like, Lord, and you work from home, so you get to save most of that. Oh man. And you get to, and you honestly you can move, like you can go to some super low cost state. And it have a remote job in tech and it just working. But you know what, man? It, it goes to show that it isn't about the money for a lot of people. Cause yeah. like 
I know even my mom still to this day, she always like, hey, you know, you should become a lawyer, you know, get a real job. And it's like, I I understand why people feel that way. But it's like, if you love your passion, then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and you have the opportunity to make it a career, then, you know what? I say, go for it. I think, I think, um, you know, you shouldn't get discouraged because the, it seems to me nowadays, everybody's a rapper. I swear to God, every time I turn around, I swear to God, it's everybody like everybody a rapper. <laughs> everybody you a rapper. Plumbers. Why are y'all rapping? Exactly. <laughs> it's electrician jobs, open and left and right. Y'all yeah. rap. I need somebody to fix my toilet. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just passions, man. I feel like uh, it's it's tough, man. Because on one hand, it's like you want to be, you want people that you love to be stable and to be organized and to not have to like worry or want for anything and to get a job that provides that. But at the same time, you want to enjoy life. So if I'm not, if I'm doing something every day that I don't, want to do i'm just doing it for the money it really it really just seems like i exist for money at that point not for my for me for what right. i love for my pleasure so yeah that's that's kind of the perspective i have it's like it, life is too short to be doing something forever just because it's good money right but you know what you made a good point and i think that's a good takeaway too is the fact that if you have a a, a career that you want to do you know go for it you know because i think a lot of times with content creating people see you know all these big channels and tiktokers and instagrammers you know making money and they think oh yeah let me quit my my job as a police officer to go do that and then you know five years in even if you didn't make money you realize the money's not stable you know you got yeah. kids at home i we're fortunate enough that you know we single don't have kids but if you have a family or you want to start a family it's important to know that a lot of times this, these content creating jobs is only for a limited time. So it's good to have a backup plan and it's coming from a guy who don't really have one, but um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just being honest, but I knew since I was a teenager that I wanted to do acting. So um, I live my life according to the fact that I know I'm not going to make until I, you know, I'm in Avengers, of course, uh, I'm not going to make, you know, 200 grand a, a year. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. But I think a lot of people have to be realistic. Not everybody's going to be a Mr. Beast. Not everybody's going to be a Khloe Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I, and I think that's the problem with our society nowadays is that they push more about money and fame and having a selection of cars in your driveway opposed to having a steady job. You know, because yeah. let's be real, out of all the SoundCloud rappers I know, maybe one is good enough to get a meeting. Maybe one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's just, you know, our kind of philosophy, I guess, in the in the West is like people would definitely get a Birkin bag before. I don't know, something more sustainable, like a down payment on the house or something. And that's. I feel like that's just what are your priorities, <laughs> right? I mean, you know what? It, it, like, I was just having this conversation with my family when I was home for Thanksgiving. It's like, I, I'm I will never stop, and I'm I'm going to continue doing it. But even for me, you know, living out here and all the opportunities I got, I'm like, you know what? I do like it out here, but I need to be somewhere where I enjoy life. Like, I like LA, but I don't enjoy it here. 
and yeah. I'm not doing the thing I want to out here as much as I, I used to when I was back in New York. So that's why I'm moving back because I have more opportunities. I have more connections. I have more ways to make, you know, money opposed to here was you're very limited. Uh, you need a car for everything here. Everything. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be one of those people who live here five, 10 years. They work more than they actually focus on their craft or their career. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be 35 years old, you know, still working minimum, minimum wage jobs. You know what I'm saying? Nice. I'm over that. That's I am nice. over that. So, um, but you know what? But that's why I said it's, that's why I asked you if you ever decided to quit, if you will ever quit, because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they see the money on the other side of the consecrating, they quit. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they're like, damn, maybe I should have stuck, you know, did that on the side. So I think, yeah. I think it's yeah. important. I wouldn't say that, you know, your career on the side, but you had your main career and then the content creating, you know, it was just extra, you know what I'm saying? Right. So um, is there any advice that you would give people who want to go into content creating or want to get into education? Do you have any um, inspirational things or messages you want to give people who want to enter that? Yeah, I mean, shit, just do it. Like a, a lot of the time people are like, oh, I want to do this. I want to start something. I want to, you know, I want to start a channel. And the best advice I think anybody can give is just do it, you know, start it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have, even have to be a complete thought. Just, you know, start, you can start shooting videos from your phone. And then who knows, in a, in a few years, you might have like a production team and, you know, script writers and all this. So just start, just start right where you at right when the idea is born, you know what I'm saying? Make it happen and make it a reality. But I, you know, that's perfectly said. I don't even got a rebuttal. This is the first time I'm speechless <laughs> on my own show. <laughs> 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 now, I, I, I always tell people, if you haven't, it's funny, I was just talking to a guy at, at the gym when I went this morning. He's like 42 years old. And, um, he was asking me for advice about uh, acting and stuff. And I was like, you know what, man? You'd rather say you tried and you gave it a shot and you failed than, you know, be 65 years old thinking about what if I would have did that. Uh, so I wish. Yeah, I wish. That's the worst part is like going through life. Mm. Like, I wish I would have did that. Yeah. No, I, this podcast, like, I literally just started one morning on my phone. It wasn't the greatest audio, you know, but... I literally just started by picking up a phone. I had a buddy, you know, join me and we just talked about, I don't even remember what the first episode was, but <laughs> I think it was about politics, something I'm not even familiar with, but it just started, it just started by one morning. I'm like, you know what? Let me actually do this. And then yeah. now, you know, not bragging anything, but it was <laughs> one of the most listened to, uh, listened to podcasts on Spotify. So I think, um, that's, that's awesome that's just progression you know and, and, and that's all it takes like people if you have an idea or a goal or something do it you know you rather fail knowing that you tried than not doing it at all and i think a lot of people when it comes to content creating um that's one of the problems or things that people face is the fact that they don't want to fail but you have to take the risk this is where everything oh failing is just a part of the game like you're gonna you're gonna fail especially like when you first start anything new you're gonna fail at but you know i feel like uh i feel like if if we're afraid to fail then we're not afraid to really learn nothing 
how are you going to learn something if you have if you already know how to do it? You know what I'm saying? You're already good at it. Right. It's not exactly. starting anything new at all. Right. And and what would you say to people? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, in their car driving home from work um, as we speak who have full time jobs. And like you, you had a full time job for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you balance the full time job and consecrating it? And like, what advice would you give someone in that same predicament? So what I did, well, what I used to do, I, I had a like most, I had like three jobs. So I was, I was doing, I was a flight attendant, also shooting videos on the side and editing them. That's um, how you got the Tesla. Ah, oh, got it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got hustling is definitely in the veins, but oh, okay. yeah. So so flight attendant, shoot the video, shoot videos, edit videos, and um, oh, and I also. Uh, sometimes I would work, my aunt has a cleaning company. So sometimes I'll go out and like, you know, help her clean. It's like commercial. So offices and industrial buildings and stuff. So ah. all those on the side, it's like, like with the little side hustles. Um, and then recently I found out a way to replace one of those. So I got a vending machine. I just bought it from a Craigslist. And then I put it in one of my friends. She has a, a nail salon, put it in there. And then that makes like 200 bucks a month. And that completely replaced the cleaning job. So, you know, like now that's like residual or whatever. But I say all that to say, if you're consistent with something, and even in the times where you feel like you have no time, give yourself one weekend out of the month and devote your time to like content create. Like I'm going to shoot and edit on this Saturday and this Sunday. And then from that one weekend a month, you're going to see progress and it's going to be two. And eventually it's going to be three. And then eventually you'll start moving things around and prioritize it. And uh, honestly, I've never seen somebody, even if they're terrible at it, I've never seen somebody devote their time to something and fail. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you put in 30 hours a week at anything, you, you're not going to fail. Like, this isn't because nobody else is putting in that same amount of time as you. Right, right. But... It goes back to even if it's not failing, I wouldn't even say fail. Maybe it was a little harsh to say fail. But even if you get to a point where, because some people do, you get to a point where it's like, you know what? I don't have enough time. I got a family or I got other priorities to deal with. At least you said, you know what? I did it. I gave it a shot. Give you it know. your best shot. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that's what's all important. Um, but, you know, any final words for the people? Because this has been a good conversation, man. But we don't want to put the people to sleep either. So <laughs> I got us. No, I'm well, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, find me on YouTube, Larry Chats. That's the that's my YouTube channel. You'll see my smiling face as soon as you tap the link. Um, Larry Chats. I'm on Instagram as well at Lawrence0295. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I appreciate you for having me on, though. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. And you know, for the record, normally you have to ask permission to plug your stuff, but you know, I don't like oh, that. My- <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I mean to break the rules up here. You know, my bad. You got a Tesla. You, I know you got two thousand dollars to slide. <laughs> Man, damn, I'm breaking the rules. My bad. Yeah, right now I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nah, man, this will be like for me. Like when I do stuff like this, like it's supposed to give people fun. It's supposed to be entertaining and fun, and also informational. Um, so you know, thank you for coming on, man. Because I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and um, you know, it's always good to get another perspective on life, different things. You know, uh, 
someone who has life experience outside of the things I do too. So I think it's very important to always hear that perspective, especially as a black man. Um, and uh, you, you know what? You know what? Let me ask you one more question. One yeah, more sorry. question. Um, mental health. I, I, I'm just curious. Mental health. Um, I, we talked about it in the Jubilee episode too. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, as black people, we undervalue mental health and um, have you ever struggled with mental health, you know, throughout the years of being a flight attendant, you know, or a full-time job or just in general? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say Black folks, like, specifically. I would say Black folks, like, in addition to um, a lot, like, Asian communities definitely don't. They, I mean, it's the same. Um Latino Latin communities is definitely the same. Like, why are you talking to a therapist? Are you crazy? Whatever. So I feel like this is seems like a common misconception, pretty much across the board. Because everybody I've talked to, that's fair. That's fair. Like, yeah, my grandma told me to get get a therapist. Like, that's really not the mentality. It's kind of a newer phenomenon, I guess, um, for lack of a better description. But I don't think we specifically struggle with it any more than anybody. But we definitely are in line with the struggling groups of people that do. Um, and for like, personally, yeah, I have, I, I have a, a therapist. Um, I, well, I've had a therapist for like two years now. Um, two years. I've made videos on my channel about like therapy and like why it's necessary. And uh, yeah, just, it, it really just depends on what, like who what you as a person are willing to accept like are you willing to understand that you okay maybe this might be a little off you know maybe i could better myself mentally in these areas um you know and, and really just diving into that and that's what's really helped me because that keeps me grounded talking about therapists getting different ways to cope you know understanding different perspectives and, and different things that people do really helped me kind of progress into the place that i am now so yeah, we, we as a community need it um, more than ever now, especially, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, especially yeah. in light of like like the, the recent things that are happening. Like as a black person, you you know what it's like to be black. But if you, you know, turn on TV, see somebody being murdered on TV, choked out, it's like, that's trauma. Like you, you have to deal with that and address that. So definitely, definitely, I think everybody needs therapy. Oh, I, I, I for sure agree. And, you know, is there, besides having a therapist, um, mm-hmm. is there any tips or tricks or anything you do specifically when, you know, your therapist isn't available or you, you have enough time to do it yourself? Is there anything that you do that uh, that helps you, like, when you're going through something men- uh, mentally? Yeah, I, sometimes I just, you know, just take a moment. Like, you know, if you're driving, now I wouldn't say, like, pull over or something, but you know, if you're just at home and you're feeling some kind of way, you're upset or whatever, like I would definitely say, take a moment and let, let, like, let yourself feel whatever it is that's going on. If you're sad, don't be like, no, nah, I'm all right. Like, don't, you know, like actually let your feelings take their course. Um, and another thing is to like, maybe look up coping mechanisms, like healthy, positive coping mechanisms. A lot of people, you know, a lot of times we get down, we want to feel better. And we, we do things like go shopping, or a coping mechanism is like fighting or, you know, punching holes in the walls. That stuff really isn't productive. So looking up healthy coping mechanisms and like letting yourself feel your emotions is definitely, that's something that I do when I, you know, therapist 
isn't available or whatever. Um, and, and just times are tough. Just give yourself a minute and then, all right, what's a, what's a healthy way I can cope with this and make me feel better? That's, that's beautiful. And uh, the only reason why I, I decided to ask you that was because there's a lot of people, full-time jobs, have side hustles, uh, you know, uh, something that they're pursuing, whether it's content creating or just something in general, who probably don't have a lot of people in their life who have that experience of having to juggle a full-time job, you know, the other priorities that you have and, and stuff like that. So it's uh, always good to, you know, uh, get somebody else's uh, perspective on mental health too. So, um, you know, that's the money shot. I think this conversation has been good. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm expecting my 10 grand. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be waiting for that in the mail. <laughs> That's back to me too. What you mean? Think about it like reparations. <laughs> Man, send them checks immediately. Exactly. <laughs> But thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, man. It was a good conversation. And I hope a lot of people uh, enjoyed this conversation, too. And like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Thank you, Lawrence. Thanks. Appreciate you, man. You have a good one.